0: YouTube, um, uh, YouTube video content file as well, so it'll have the chapter marks in YouTube. Wow, that's it's awesome. really yeah, it's slick, it's slick stuff. <laughs> the dog's like, okay, we went outside; it's better in here. I hate them so much.
1: <laughs> you all are the worst, every one of you. Don't that <laughs> yeah. What's going on in here now? Uh, I wrote a theme song for the Tea Talks. Just barely. Oh, cool! It's the it's the worst best thing i've ever made (laughs) like i showed it to my brother and he was like are you are you sure this is what you want (laughs) to use like yes (laughs) even more now it's an anxious dm talking with friends don't run walk it's a tea talk and how Um, Well, to get started, let's have you do uh, just an introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, So I'm Mike Shea. I'm the the writer
0: and uh, lead guy behind the website Sly Flourish. Uh, I've been playing D and D for a long time. I guess. I don't know. 30 years? Wow. 30 yeah. years? About I think probably, no no longer than that. So 30 32 33 years. Jeez. Uh, started with second edition back when I was 14 or 15 years old and dragged dragged some of my friends into it and played and played D&D. And it was on and off, so I didn't I haven't played like solid for 30 years. I had yeah. gaps. And really got into it again at the tail end of third edition, three uh, tail end of three point five. Okay. Um my, my wife and some friends of hers and I all all played D D together in third edition and then fourth edition came out and I was really I was ready to move on. Yeah. One of my interesting things that I've kind of discovered is I've liked every version of D and D better than the previous. Yeah. So I liked fourth edition better than I liked third. I like third better than I liked second, and I like fifth better than I like fourth. Really? And really yeah but when fourth came out i was kind of in the right place at the right time to start blogging about it and it started because i wrote a tumblr i i I basically live blogged there wasn't twitter right back then and i basically live blogged my experience playing the earliest versions of 4e okay uh, here in here in washington dc they had a um there was a gaming convention that wizards of the coast attended called D experience hmm. i think it was called DD experience before. oh so you winter, went to it that. was like winter fantasy and or D experience they've changed the name back and forth oh, and they were they were showing the early previews i think it was about it was six to nine months before anything got actually released but it was our first chance to see what fourth edition was like and no one said i couldn't so i took pictures of the character sheets and i took pictures of the battle maps and i showed all this stuff and i actually had taken enough material pictures of enough material that i was able to recreate playing 4e right like we were able to use what i had received because they're all pre-gen character oh, sheets. wow i understood the rules so we were able to play my, my friends and i at home were able to play a little bit of 4e before there was no any way. other, <laughs> any other super box. Cool. Yeah. so that was fun and that that actually was because nobody else had done it so it was pretty popular uh you know rpg.net and, and other places had picked it up and said hey here's a guy who was actually there you know playing it and here's whose mm. experience is doing it so i was like you know i should keep doing this right yeah. so i said well, let me write my own blog i'd already been doing a blogging on a bunch of other stuff i I'd, found
1: i found your old blog by the way
0: yeah it's <laughs> out there yeah. yeah so i did i had my own personal blog i had one about home theater stuff that i did for a while i had one about fountain pens that i did for a while and i had one about everquest that i did i spent a lot yeah. of time playing everquest and i wrote about that so i was very used to writing a lot yeah you know i have i have probably a million words out there on the web in various forms yeah. and i Said, why don't I do a weekly blog about DD, right? Particularly, like I can focus on DD, I can focus on DMing DD, I can focus on DMing fourth edition of DD, and that way I'll have my own little niche. And 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 people that are interested in that will come and, and see it. And that worked out pretty well. Yeah. And uh, so I, I wrote about 4E for the whole time 4E was out, and I decided I wanted to write a couple of books. So I wrote a book called Sly Flourish's Dungeon Master Tips, mm-hmm. uh, and then I wrote a book about running epic tier games for 4e oh, which is really really niche it was like how to dm 21 level 21 to 30 games in 4e D. so it was really really narrow wow yeah and yeah both those books i think the full text are available on my website now they're okay. available on SlideFlare, flares you can read the whole thing they're creative commons and then i wrote a book called the lazy dungeon master which was right at my transition between fourth and fifth i mm. was starting to see like hey you know there's kind of another way to play this i was i went from this sort of very regimented encounter based design that 4e had where you really spent a lot of time building every like battle arena and and connecting them together and and then kind of said like you know the problem is like players will fly over stuff and yeah. they'll do all kinds of weird stuff and I've done all this prep and it doesn't matter so I, I started to say like what is the minimum amount of work that you need to do to actually run a good game and so I started with that which is idea. a brilliant question sure well yeah it's not it's you know it's not unique to me right but nonetheless but
1: nonetheless like it's a hard
0: question to answer it is right right and it's but it's like a question many computer programmers ask themselves all the time right i don't know i don't know (laughs) what's the easiest way to do this right so like what yeah how do you yeah how do you how do you do it and then the the kind of interesting part that came from it talking to a lot of dms uh was that not only it's a it's a relatively common experience that not only can you prepare a lot less and still run a decent game but your game might actually be better for it. yeah and and I got that from a lot of you know one of the things I did when I wrote lazy dungeon master is like I'm not just spewing Mike Shea's nonsense Mm -hmm. like I am I am talking to lots of people I'm talking to lots of DMS I'm involved in a lot of different groups in the community I did surveys of
1: I think was it a thousand yeah I liked your surveys they're cool
0: yeah, so I did big surveys to try to get a lot of information and see, like, what people can find. And what I found continually was not only were the makers of the game saying this kind of stuff, yeah. but DMs of all experience levels were saying these kinds of things, too. So I wrote a little book called The Lazy Dungeon Master, and it ended up being very popular. Mm. And uh, that was great and kind of shifted the website from focusing on 4 to doing other RPGs and then back to 5th edition when 5th edition came out. Mm. And I radically changed as a DM, right? Like my own style radically changed, and I've had friends of mine who are like, "If you read your old articles and you read your new ones, like it's like two different people wrote them." Really? Yeah. Well, that's called growth, right? Like, (laughs) you know, we're all learning, right? Yeah. And um, so that worked out well. And then I I wrote a few other books, mostly like adventure books and location books and things like that. And then said, you know, I, I there was there was things that had changed how I was playing D D that broke away from the things I had in the original Lazy Dungeon Master. Mm. So I said, I think I need to write another book and I'll do another survey. Right. So this time I did a survey with six six thousand DMs.
1: Yeah. Interviewed
0: dozens of DMs and and really and then I actually managed to take a month off from my day job to just write that book. It was like my one month to research it. Like morning was writing and afternoon was research. And it was wow. it was one of the best months of my life. It really? Was, wonderful experience like because mm. all i did was that right like it was my one goal every day for a whole month was that yeah and and it worked out and and it was really scared because i was like what if this book sucks right or what if it's fine but everyone liked the old one better <laughs> which is actually the num- the first comment on amazon was i wow. like the old one better yeah and i was like well that was an experiment right and that was a failed experiment and luckily that was the only time that comment ever came up but i think it's still the number one comment if you go it's the most liked it is i think Uh, so uh. jackasses so you know um but i was worried like am i going to break this whole idea like i was like you know best case is the new book is more popular than the old book and that's great worst case is no one buys either of them because nobody understands which one they should buy fair point right
1: Fair point. And then,
0: you know, a middle a middling case would be the old one stays popular, and the new one never really manages to pick up, right? Yeah. And these were I remember walking with my wife and talking about all this stuff and thinking like these these are the realities. But I was like, well, I'm not going to not write it, right? So I wrote it, and I I, I this time I had uh, partnered with a uh, a partner of mine I've had for a long time, Scott Fitzgerald Gray. He's an editor for Wizards of the Coast and an editor for uh many many awesome products and and the editor of pretty much everything in the sly flourish library since like fantastic locations oh, cool. 6 years ago so fantastic dude brilliant brilliant editor and so he and I you know got it where we wanted it and I I brought on mark radel as a art director who does the art direction for all the cobalt press books uh, I think I got a email from Wolfgang Bauer, the head of Kobold Press, who was like, "Hey, I saw Richard the Lazy Dungeon Master. It looks great. It's real familiar, right? Like the design. The design is." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's all your people, right? Yeah, exactly. like,
1: yeah no kidding. I hired your
0: art director, and he hired all your artists. So yeah, <laughs> it should look familiar." And I'm like, "Cause I love Kobold Press books, so yeah. why wouldn't I want to do that." So Mark Radle did the internal editing or did the internal design Scott did the editing and uh we put it out and it was a big so the kickstarter came out and it got 6600 backers on kickstarter it was a big a big result on kickstarter blew me away and uh it was so big that we actually made a second book along with it called the lazy dms workbook and that is also it's my second most popular book so return luckily return blew away the original one right so that made me very happy and the second one is, is the second most popular book that I've done that came from the same Kickstarter. So that yeah. was interesting. And uh, yeah, and it's been a roller coaster ride since. So the most recent was last October. I did the third book of the series called The Lazy DM's Companion. Yep. This is intended to be a heavy book of inspiration to get DM's thinking in, in new and interesting and creative ways and offer a lot of guidelines to make it easier to run 5E. Mm. So kind of it's bigger than the workbook, but not the same as Return. So it's kind of the third book in the series. And that Kickstarter did very, very well. It was awesome. Well, yeah, it was more than 10,000. Awesome. Ten thousand something people back that one, which so is even incredible. It was, yeah, it blew me away. I was so cool. again every time, and you know, I look at it, I was like, I don't know, you know, I yeah. don't know if it's going to be amazing or not. Like, we'll find out, right?
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and we and, still, we won't know until it comes out, too. You like, don't know, right? Yeah. And and
0: and and you know, in in honesty, like I've had Kickstarters where I'm like, you yeah, know, I don't know how well this will do. We'll see, and they don't do that well. So yeah, like, yeah. it's not like everything's not going to blow the doors off. But that one was great. And so we're right in the middle of, we're not right in the middle, we're actually on the tail end of that. Like, I think I'm about three weeks away from finishing the PDF of that book and getting it out to backers. And the big difference now is we are doing a full print run for oh, all really? three books. Yeah. So they're, they're going to, we're going to do offset printing for all three oh, wow. and we're going to get them in game shops and we're going to get them on, you know, everywhere. So they've all been print on demand up until now yeah and this is my first time working with printers which is a whole new experience yeah like that that was the kind of the main risk and you know the, the kickstarter did very well and, and made a lot of money and i've just i immediately just took it and stashed it and i'm like that is my emergency doesn't exist it's, it's not, not real right money. like yeah. yeah well it's it's it needs to be real because i don't know how much it's going to cost me to make the print books Ex- yes yes exactly <laughs> so <laughs> that's it's like, like not usable i could not do touchable. i could do really well or i could go broke yeah. i don't know yeah. <laughs> you know but it's probably not going to be more than what i got so yeah i think i'll be fine but yeah, yeah that's, that's a whole scary experience. Oh, what yeah. a fun time. What a fun time. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, pivoting over to YouTube, right? That was something I did about starting last year was, mm-hmm. was moving to YouTube, starting to stream more and learning that whole process. We were talking about that before you started recording about yeah. that, what, what that whole thing is like sharing, sharing like our camera discussions. And, yeah, jeez. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been great. I've been, I've been very lucky in I've been very lucky period, but I've been very lucky to have a job that gives me the flexibility to lower my hours. So I've been able to lower my hours at my day job in order to spend more time on this, yeah. which is outstanding. And yeah, it's been great. Yeah, my, my, my wife has supported me through this whole time. We've been you know, together
1: 16 or 17 years, something like that. That is super and cool. Yeah, and um, she's as
0: much of a nerd about this as me, which is great.
1: That is great. That's nice to have that support. And yeah, cause I've heard you, I mean, I've heard you talk about, oh my gosh, do you hear that? My dog is like groaning. <laughs> All right, I gotta, I gotta let her out. Yeah. Do you go out? Sorry, I'm sorry. No, no no problem. That was a great introduction, by the way. I'll be back. (laughs) Well, I had a lot of words. Iona, what is going on? Let's go out here. Come on. Don't say hi to mommy. Say hi to mommy. (laughs) Iota is just groaning her head up. She is the, she's the worst. Okay, now we're back to just the Sony and the Pitbull.
0: No problem. <laughs> I like your I like your Star Wars pajamas, by the way. Oh thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> they're they have um they have little holly berries on them too. You can see. Yeah, them. look at that. I and like who thought you know what's gonna actually it's a brilliant marketing idea because like my my mom and a lot of moms do this but Christmas pajamas, right? Sure. Um but the fact that you put like christmas symbology with star wars and put it to oh man come on what what person walking through the store that like has children that like star wars is sure be like is it gonna be like i gotta pick that up i don't even like star wars that much like yeah i've watched them like probably multiple Mm -hmm. times but like that's probably it (laughs) yeah yeah um i that it's really really interesting i don't know it's just it's so fascinating because like when i look at people who i view as like this is a weird way to put it but i'm gonna put it this way like who have made it mm-hmm. in like the D D world or the tabletop role playing world like you you fit into that in my mind's category of like made it you know sure. like i would yeah i
0: i i actually talked about this on a show i did and the question is of course what that what does make it what does made yeah. it mean right? i loved and that, that was awesome. when i when i define it for myself i i I've defined it as made it right. Like yeah. I'm very happy with what I'm doing and yeah. yeah. And, and the only things that would push me to quote unquote, make it more are, you know, problems we have in the United States with healthcare right now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that is the, it has nothing to do with the industry. It has nothing to do <laughs> with, you know, anything else. It has to do with the fact that, you know, Generally speaking, in the United States, the only way to get great healthcare is to work for a
1: corporation. Yeah, yeah, true. And, <laughs> and who, who knows, an old, maybe and I'm an old guy, right? Yeah. So. Maybe one day you'll get there, you know, like who knows? Maybe. You know? Right. Know. You know. So yeah. Who are we to put that limitation? Um but I think it's awesome to see, like, even as somebody who I would say has had like by um uh, been successful, you know, again, whatever that means, but has had success within the the realm there are still those like yeah i don't know if this is going to be accepted or not you know like i don't know if what i make is actually going to resonate with people yeah sure and i so i think i think that's kind of like i think what you do is is amazing like i it's my introduction to you will, will my friend who actually just subscribed to my channel which is super exciting <laughs> but um will my friend I told him I was going to be playing D&D and I was like, yeah, but I just like, man, I just it takes a lot of time and a lot of mental effort and I feel like I'm not running good games. Like, I feel like I'm so concerned with every, and I think I was running, like, I had tried running a homebrew and then I had tried running uh, Lost Mine and none of them really stuck, you know, that classic fizzle out. And finally I got into Tomb and... I liked tomb and so I was like yeah let's run this and it was just it was so much work and then he was like hey
0: tomb of annihilation yeah yeah
1: and he was like oh have you heard of sly flourish and I was like no and so I looked it up and the instant I saw like you had a like a formatted like here step-by-step process that you can plan and when I looked at those step-by-step processes I was like oh yeah this guy gets it (laughs) <laughs> like this, this is it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I often think that it isn't the process that I've outlined there. It's having a process that I think helps people a lot, right? Like yeah. I picked eight things and they work for me and they work for a lot of people. And, and, you know, that's great, but I don't think like it's the perfect eight steps, no, you know, no. it's like, but, but that doesn't just having, exist. Having, having, having some, yeah i think you know having somebody say hey here's here's a thing yeah try this yeah. and have it work has helped a lot of people yeah yeah like, because that's, it's that's not having the dungeon master's guide yeah. you know like no right
1: and, and so so you just chapter one
0: like... is let's talking about the pantheon yeah right?
1: exactly right i yeah. was like i can't even think about that <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> like come on that's where you want me to start gods <laughs> yeah i i'm running i'm actually gonna start running a um a urban fantasy uh Utah game because I'm from Utah and mm-hmm. um I'm really excited about it, but I was like, I'm just gonna follow the dungeon master guide and just like build it that way. And that's been helpful for like creating a world. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't like I don't know what the first session's gonna be like, you
0: know? Yeah, right. And like what else what else is there? Yeah, right. Like <laughs> there's exactly. you in that first session that's
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like Zen in the art of archery, right? It's you, the arrow and the target it's schrodinger's schrodinger sessions you know right right. (laughs) yeah and so i think you're right and 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 i like all good creators you know you have said like do what you want with this process you know it's it's not it's not the perfect process it's your process and i have i've changed it and i've learned what works and doesn't work but you're right it was having a foundation at least to start with um I have you've probably answered this elsewhere before, but I've always been interested. Where did the name Sly Flourish come from?
0: So it's a name of a fourth edition rogue power. Mm. Uh, I you know as as you know my like friends of mine will be like, wow, it could have just as easily been Tide of Iron, and I'm like, yeah, you know, like I think Tide of Iron was taken for a domain name, <laughs> but you know, so yeah, the no 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 crazy magic there. It was like let's let's go through a list of kind of interesting. D and D ish terms and grab one and get a domain name for it, and so SlyFlare comes from comes from that. And if I'd known where it was going to be,
1: I'm like maybe I would have done it differently. But uh, whatever, is what it is. Yeah. I actually thought your name was Sly Flourish for like no. the, the, the <laughs> longest time. That would have been pretty cool. I was like, yeah, oh, I love Sly. He's super cool. He's a great sure. guy. I get,
0: I get a lot of people that refer to me as Sly I'm like, is Sly Flourish you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> right?
1: like, uh, yes and no.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, no, Sly Flourish is the Enterprise, but the Enterprise is just me. So. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I actually, so I actually lived... In the D.C. area for a bit. I, that's where I served my mission was actually uh, in the mm-hmm. D.C. area. I lived. Uh, we. I was in like Alexandria, Arlington, um, yep. Woodbridge, Oakton. Oakton was yep. like my favorite. Yep. The one thing that I miss, like the thing I miss about uh, the area more than anything is um, the incredible bike paths. Yep. Because like as a Mormon missionary, uh, you just like. You're right i was on a bike for like you can either have a car or a bike and uh i got put on a bike every time except like once so like <laughs> for six weeks i wasn't on a bike but the rest of my mission i was on a bike yeah sure and those bike paths are just incredible yeah yeah the cno cno and wnd bike paths yeah and even even like but even the ones that are just like because, I mean, there's so much woods. You know, there's just yeah. so many trees. And in Utah, there's no trees. It's just hmm. no trees. It's all mountains um, and and desert. But uh, I remember my favorite thing. I still, this still happens, but, like, two things are my favorite is during the fall, like, I'll breathe in the air, and it will just take me right back to Virginia. Like, yeah. that cool, crisp, like, fall air can't be beat. And then the second thing I remember that was like when I was riding my bike on those paths is just looking down. And when the leaves had fallen from the trees, it looked like confetti just had been scattered all along like the ground. And it was so cool. So, yeah, it's super cool that you that you live there. I love. Yeah, uh,
0: we really like it here. Yeah.
1: Buffalo Wing Factory was like my favorite place to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been. I don't know if it still exists. Yeah. There was a custard place there, too, that was super good. It was in I don't remember what it was. But um they did like rotating flavors and it was so good. <laughs> the weird things you remember from living somewhere. Yeah. Um so is rogue your favorite class to play?
0: Probably not, but I don't know if I have a favorite class to play. Yeah. I play rogues a lot and I like them. I I tend to like the melee. I think I like melee characters more than I like spellcasters um but I'm not i'm not too wedded to any one group i've played just about everything in one form or another mm. I, th- I like fighters a lot i always like this straightforward hit him with a sword kind of fight oh really interesting yeah yeah some of my favorite characters have all been you know when i think back about the characters i've been playing in 5e and and have played in other campaigns um i think i've enjoyed my you know i think most fondly on the fighters that i've played and mm. they've been very different like i've had swashbuckler fighters and i've had you know the big big brute you know slab of steel
1: fighters yeah and,
0: All kinds of stuff.
1: So what would you say is your ratio of being a player versus being a DM in D&D?
0: 95.5 DM? I'm almost, you know, well, it's changed recently because I'm now in a a twice monthly game where I play. So I don't know what that percentage is. That's cool. two, Two games out of 10, is it?
1: Congratulations,
0: something like that. Yeah, so (laughs) lucky. Now it's it's as much as eighty percent. I know. So it was a it was a game I was running, and a friend of mine said, "Hey, do you want a break? I'll run it." I'm like, "Yeah, go, man." And he's been a DM. I've played with him for two two decades. Right. So anybody watching
1: um, this that's a player, if you ever like ask your DM, do you want to play? They they always say yes. Like no one ever will say no.
0: But I don't think I'd want to play more than this. Like I love really? DMing. I'm I'm not a great player. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a kind of a terribly behaved player and I'm yeah. working really hard to be a good player in my friend's game. And I mm. think I am a pretty good player in his game. Like I'm not, you know, I'm paying attention. I'm the note taker. I'm engaging, you know, I try to think about like making sure I'm engaging with the other characters and drawing on their stories into mine and I'm making sure to whatever hooks he throws out, I'm biting on. Right. Yeah. Like I don't I'm, you know, so you know i i'd probably i probably take a little bit more spotlight than i ought to, i think i'm taking more than the one-fifth spotlight yeah. Everybody, but i try to I do good with, i try to do way. good with it right i try uh, to I try to use that spotlight to highlight other things yeah and um so i think i'm a good but generally speaking I'm, I'm i'm not i get distracted very easily i you know i'm not good with the one-fifth of 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 the attention and like when i'm a dm i'm 100 percent on right like i'm I'm a hundred percent engaged. Like there's no check in Twitter, right. While I'm DMing, like, that's not even a thing. Right. Like I am offline, you know, I am offline for the three hours that I am playing. And, and, and yet as a player, it's really hard to be like, I wonder is there something on Reddit, something going on on Reddit over there, I should check something happening. You know, the hard part for us is we like really, yeah.
1: The hard part for us is we like look up like, something will remind us of like a video and it'll be like, oh, let me show you a video. Real
0: yeah. Quick. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm at
1: least not that bad. Right. I at yeah. least don't like drag other people into my into
0: my, you mm-hmm. know, my problems. <laughs> but like, yeah. And then the problem is it turns into a death spiral. Right. The death spiral is like I, I, I fade away. I start doing other stuff or, hey, you know, chatting with someone on Discord or something like that. And now I really lost the thread of the game and I'm like and there's no coming back right and the the one lucky thing I have is is very often my wife and I play together and I can like if we're playing online which we're doing exclusively these days I will mute the mic and be like can you tell me what the hell's going on and she'll (laughs) give me the 30 seconds i'm like okay good right. and she knows right she's she's well aware of my of oh. my distractedness at least your wife's but, a
1: good player because otherwise you'd be screwed. she's a
0: she's a fantastic screwed, player yeah <laughs> she's she's always she's very engaged in, and she's my you know she's in every game i'm running or well, not every game but she's in many of my games ah. so i yeah. keep
1: i keep uh i keep trying to convince I, i've played with my wife like once i think i ran a game and that was mm-hmm. early on um like kind of actually i think when i had be i had first gotten introduced to your your book uh, and so i was still really and i've only been dming for like three years i think so i'm relatively new i mean comparatively um so yeah like i know i did a, like i know it was not a good session <laughs> like mm-hmm. i'm 100 percent aware of it but uh I feel I I'm so, I feel so bad about it cuz I want her to love D&D. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: You can't you can't force it. You just can't No, force it. no you can't. Yeah. My my wife and I've had I mean I, like she she was playing D&D before I was. But um Oh really? Yeah, that's yeah, she's, cool. She's played since she was a kid. Yeah. And um you know, we play a lot of one-on-one DD. or we, we did there was a i think period particularly in the beginning of the pandemic and stuff like that where we set up our own campaign and played one on one d and we've loved that like having our own little world that's just for us and that having our own characters and fun you know she's got her main character and her sidekick and mm-hmm. we haven't done it in a while but it's the kind of thing where like we always have it right like we can nice. always kind of drop back and drop into that campaign so i really i've been i've been one-on-one playing DD one-on-one was something that I had no experience in and then I played it with and my friend Enrique Bertrand uh mm. who goes by new BDM on Twitter and he and I played through Dragon of Ice Bar Peak and the d d Essentials kit oh, yeah. which is built for one-on-one play oh is it really? both yeah yeah oh, it's I actually designed. it's designs so that you can play one-on-one and uh has the rules in the book to how to run a sidekick and everything like that and we played it that way and it was outstanding both of us are like we thought this was gonna be weird and it totally wasn't weird it was great right? wow. it's just pure D and D and fast paced because there's only one character and so my wife and I did it and she also you know I think I think both of us were like is this going to be weird like are we going to be you know it's going to turn to us bickering right yeah exactly and, and no it was like you know we just both because we both fell into it right yeah. and and it's just this it's great to have on this little universe that's all our own you know that yeah we just i just love it so that's, i just i, I always recommend to people like try try one-on-one i'm not pushing you but like you know in general i'm like try one on one D&D. it's surprisingly good it's a surprisingly effective way to play DD. yeah i gotta but, fi- i gotta find someone who
1: wants to play it with me that's the, that's the key yeah but it's usually <laughs> easier to
0: play and find one person than it is to find five fair so, point fair point yeah so that's that's the other scheduling is a lot easier yeah no kidding uh, the games are usually a lot faster like you can certainly play a game in a in a half hour an hour right you can, yeah. you can whip out games because it's just one-on-one interaction it's really great
1: that's awesome yeah i because i uh i'm running a dungeon dungeon crawl it's kind of morphed but it was set in under mountain and it was based it was loosely based on dungeon of the mad mage mm-hmm. to begin with um but things have happened we have someone here no i was looking for my copy of dungeon of the mad mage <laughs> I think I've got it somewhere on my shelf here. I don't, I, I keep, yeah, I don't, it's got to be on my other shelf. Oh, mine are. Anyway, it's. All my, it's... all my Watsy books are all over the place. Yeah, no kidding. They're probably, they're probably just in the bathroom, you know? Pretty much, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it's morphed for sure. And a lot of players haven't kept with it, which I totally get. And I'm down to two players pretty much now. And uh, I was worried about running it for two people. But I've actually had the same experience as you. Like, especially doing it online with only two. Yeah, a lot easier. It's been really nice. Yeah. It's been really yeah. nice. Yeah,
0: I have I have I have two groups that both have six players and that's hard to manage online.
1: And like that's you know, one thing that I've loved about it that I'm there's like an unforeseen kind of benefit was that it took a lot of the storytelling and world building off my shoulders. Yeah. Right. Be- because like I could be like, I, I i could honestly just be like i don't really know what to do here like what do you guys think <laughs> and it's not everybody just being like awkward silence right because there's only two people so they know right. one they, of them has to. they speak. don't mind
0: No, yeah somebody doesn't mind jumping in yeah exactly which is like it's a common interaction problem on uh yeah, playing online that i found this is something else that was you know i had no experience in and went from no experience to lots of experience very quickly yeah um was playing online and yeah that's something i've noticed is is it's everybody has gotten used to not saying anything because everyone knows how damaging it is to talk over somebody online yeah and yeah and it's hard to deal with right it's like many times i'll have like you know big scenes and i'll say stuff and you know i forget i had somewhere i had like an npc and i'm like i thought this npc was really great but like no one's saying anything like (laughs) like you guys there and like was like i'm sorry i was laughing too hard i had to mute i'm like oh okay like good right? like i don't have any
1: feedback that you like my NPC. like no we love that guy yeah like oh
0: good you know? yeah
1: that's actually that is interesting that i had uh it's really hard yeah yeah and that's true and i you're right we went from zero percent experience to a hundred percent experience
0: yeah it was one i mean not that not that there's a lot of good things that come out of a pandemic but like yeah. I really tried to take it as like here's an opportunity for me to learn an entirely different way to play D &D. Mm. and did right now i've played almost 200 games online right and you know a it gave me an opportunity to learn how to do this and Mm. learn new ways of doing it and taking those same kind of you know what's the easiest way for us to be able to get our game up and running online uh sort of approach and i found like a software stack that i like that i use for it and um which is kind of different than most so that 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 ends up being kind of a nice thing to be able to, to promote yeah and and just learning that whole process was really great it and now it's like i've 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 you know unfortunately i've had two in-person games in two years yeah which sucks it was just right before delta became big yeah. and it was like hey everybody's vaccinated but delta hadn't come up yet and we we're like hey everybody's back at the table I'm like yay and then, and then, and delta then delta. Shot. I'm like, <laughs> yeah i don't think i'm comfortable having everybody at the table again yep. And now it's you know it's just I don't know I don't know, no. know drives me kind of bananas yeah so um but it, it's it now it's it's weird to think about playing in person again yeah. like the tool set is so different and there are, now I'm so wired around how to play online that like oh man I should I got to pick up a book and roll real dice like that's yeah. weird miniatures and stuff you know so yeah. it's really interesting you know, that's
1: that's what I think I love the most about your book is it it gives you room like it honestly in a weird way teaches you to believe in yourself like <laughs> i know it's a weird message to get from it but like it's it's scrapping this idea and this concept that like you need to have all the answers and uh and that's that's why it's beautiful like dnd ultimately when you strip it down it's make believe with your friends it's being right. it's being that child again yep and like when you're when you're a kid you never plan what you're going to play right like you go to the park and you go to the playground and you don't know if it's gonna be a pirate ship you don't know if it's gonna be a spaceship you don't know until somebody makes that first move makes that offer like an improv somebody makes an offer and now you have the choice to accept it or not like Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. what your book does essentially is it's like here's some things that like, this will help you. Cause I think as adults, I don't think you could just say, tell an adult, be like, okay, run an improv session. Like don't plan anything, just go for <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's interesting. Cause
0: like I'm playing, I'm playing a game now, Blades in the Dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's a heavy improv game and it's, it's improv. It's too much for me, right? Like interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, when I talk about you're sort of always on it as a DM. It feels more demanding of me. Part of it is like it's I'm unfamiliar with the system, and I've only played three sessions, you know, compared to the thousand sessions I've played of other games. Yeah, and you know, so it's unfamiliar to me. But it's also like I feel like I'm on 100% of the time, and I get weak this with storytelling games. That storytelling games like you that that constant interaction is so fast. You know, I I miss being able to like roll for initiative and then I can just take a break. Right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to make anything like I can run an ogre, right? Like this isn't yeah. hard. I don't have to think about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And, and so some of the yes, yeah, some of that it's it's interesting. Like right? you know, it's 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 kind of interesting to where what's my, you know, where's my limit on too much improv, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So it's been an interesting thing to kind of struggle with and struggle with in public, right? Like I True. I post my prep videos and I talk about what last week's game was like and what I'm working on now. And for Blades in particular, there's a lot of people that are experienced with Blades who are like, you know, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to learn, right? Wrong. So, wrong, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, th- See, this is definitely like... Yeah. This is
1: because I, I have thought about, I, I work in, I, this is unfortunate, so I take this with a huge grain of salt i am a recreation therapist so i have like a therapy background so i wish i could turn this part of my brain off but i don't but when i like watch somebody or i read something i'm just trying to pick apart their personality and be like why do they do this this way and stuff (laughs) and what i've like watching your stuff it does one thing that i think the beauty of it is is you take these concepts that are nebulous and abstract like um, planning an engaging like engagement, player engagement. So that's an abstract concept. And then you break it down into steps, which is mm-hmm. awesome and very hard to do. So um I am interested, like, as somebody who I think you can tell me if this is an incorrect assumption, but like as somebody who I feel has those like bullet points and steps and likes that that written out stuff, uh why did you go into like why did you make yourself public like why did you start your blogs why did you start your youtube channel and everything probably ego yeah
0: um yeah i mean i've i've you know it's a good question i i i, I think early on like I'm, you know i think everybody's got a little bit of like a you know uh uh, uh what is it called when you want to hide from everybody isolationism it's not isolation but you know, like you know uh, um god I can't maybe I can't remember the word but I, I guess like you know there were there were a couple of moments in my life that were that really kind of showed me gave me in, important lessons about the, the world and one of them was when I was a kid and my friend and I Uh, we had three, you know, three friends and one of our friends decided that he was going to join the synchronized swimming team. Whoa. And we're like, man, we can't wait to make fun of him.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's, that was the first thought I had.
0: Right. And we said like, but the problem is we don't know what that even means. We can't make fun of him and not know about it. We have to go and watch. Right. And that way we can really make fun of him. Like we'll oh. get a lot of data. We'll get a lot of good stuff to, to to material to make fun of him. And so he and I went there and it was he and I and all of their parents. Right. Like no other kids <laughs> would possibly go to this thing. No. So it was the kids in the pool and it was me and my friend, Rob, and all parents. And we said we we were kind of looking around and we're like, you know, nobody knows what's going on. And I said, I bet you if we just applaud, they'll all applaud. Right. <sighs> He's like, let's try it. And so like. We just randomly applaud. The two of us would just applaud. And all of the parents in no. this, lawyers, doctors, <laughs> professionals of all sorts, business people, right? And all of these people that were our adults, right? That they were following us. Oh my and gosh. we're like, we could lead them off a cliff, right? Like these, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing, right? And it was that first time of like, adults don't know what they're doing, right? Wow. And so it kind of happened again in business where like I didn't, intro, introvert was the word I was looking for, right? Oh, like, I, yeah. you know, everybody's a little bit introverted. And, I was actually gonna I, ask I you if you consider yourself an introvert. In some ways, probably not so much, uh, but but I certainly f- f- was as a kid. And okay. and at work, I realized that like actually doing presentations, everyone hated it, but I didn't mind it, right? Like I I enjoyed trying to clarify messages and yeah. trying to, you know, really narrow down. And I liked doing presentations that were, that where i practiced the hell out of them so they were really well refined so every other business person is going up there staring at their own slides and looking at bullet points and i'm like you know throwing big messages and on white text on a black background right mm. and freaking everybody out love that I, yeah and i loved <laughs> i love doing that and i realized like i you know it's it's not hard for me um the other part is like kind of you know writing writing and and, and doing videos and stuff like and, and doing and doing streams that's thinking for me yeah right that's me working through stuff yeah. right like that that's a process of me you know it's not the end right that's that's the process and uh but yeah certainly i i, I think vanity is is yeah certainly a driver right sure. like you know there's something nice about having people see your stuff sure. and and i there was lots of stuff i've done throughout my life that no one cared about right yeah. and i still did it so like i've I've talked with friends of mine and we're, we're kind of you know pondering like what's wizards of the coast gonna do you know we we I think the there I think right now we don't have a Wizards of the Coast CEO right so I think the Wizards of the Coast CEO just got promoted to Hasbro so there is a vacancy right and there's lots of people that have recently left Wizards of the Coast and lots of people that are coming in and we're like well this is this is the signs of change in a in versions of D&D right when the people change the game changes so like what what does that mean and what if they go in directions I don't like and I'm like well you know I'll figure it out right and and part of it is like I you know I I feel like I wrote about it when no one was reading anyway so I can certainly keep writing about it when no one reads in the future. Right? Wow. So that's it doesn't, beautiful. It, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think I need to have a lot of people if some are, right? As long as somebody cares. That not just me and my mom and yeah my wife, right like then then i you know then i think it's worth it but like i wrote about all kinds of stuff for years yeah. that had nobody paying attention to it so i think i'll always do it and sometimes it will be popular and sometimes it won't and that's fine right like yeah I, you know i just did this big successful kickstarter last year that i'm very very happy about and i'm working on my new thing and i know my new thing is not going to be nearly as popular no like i'm no. sure of it
1: wow right I, I would
0: i bet a lot of money Right, that it's not going to be nearly as popular. Oh, that's interesting. But it's the thing I want to do, right? And it's something that I love doing, and you know, and it's and it's cool, and and yeah, you know, I I I don't think you know, I don't I don't need to be chasing the numbers. I'm, you know, I want to do what I want to do, and hopefully people come along for the ride.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weird like paradox of of all of the like content creation, right? Is you are doing it simultaneously for others and for yourself at the same time. Yeah. Um and I guess that's probably true of everything we do in life, right? I think I think Matt Colville puts it well, I can't remember what he says, but like you're you're like selfishly altruistic, I think is what he says or mm-hmm. something. Like why why do your why do your party members stay together? Well, because they want something individually, but it's easily more easily obtained in a group than individually. Right. And what you said recently that I think has been the most perspective changing for me in this whole process has been like step 1 make something that three people like mm-hmm. and that's such a good goal like and honestly like that's kind of the base of it right if you can make something that three people enjoy or listen to it's really cool like it's super cool and i'm 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 at that point where like i just have nobody's watching this you know no <laughs> but there's freedom that comes with that like and one, if I like, if I ever get to a stage where I'm more popular, that's when that negativity comes out. That's when you get people. Yeah, there's a,
0: there's a, you know, I've, I've thought it is, and this, you know, sounds egotistical as hell. So I hope you forgive me, but like, oh, I love ego. It's my. Favorite. There is a, well, there's a, there's a good question, of like, how much is too much, right? And there's so many disaster stories. Yeah, of people who get really, really popular. Yep. And either you know you get sort of a toxic group, like you know how many how many fans do you have to have before psychopaths start showing? Oh, interesting, right? And like how many you know how, you know how 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 many until it's it's like it just overbears? And I've 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 followed people. There was a there was a a, a makeup a makeup artist oh, uh, who had a YouTube rough. channel that I that I was uh that I where I, I heard her story and she talked about how like she got really popular she had some really interesting insights like her channel was really successful because her lighting was really good and she's like the lighting was really good because I was renting a room in a house that had a giant big bay windows that always wow. had the lighting coming in and it just I just got lucky with that wow. but she she disappeared for there was a while she, she was like millions and millions of people that were following her on YouTube and then all of a sudden she literally just disappeared Right. And everyone's like, oh my God, is she okay? Yeah. And she's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not dead. I wasn't kidnapped. I I I didn't commit suicide. I I'm just, I need a break. And she just had to, she disappeared for like two months. And then she came back and it was kind of slow, you know, sort of changed her view. But she was like, it's so easy to get caught up in the numbers. And there's so much stuff you have to deal with all the time. There's a lot of like toxic stuff that people have to deal with. There's a my my wife and I there's a there's a couple that we watch who uh go on narrow boats uh they, they travel That's on narrow awesome. boats on in Europe yeah and it's it's two guys and they say that the you know they've been married for 15 years or whatever and they have to hire an extra group to handle all of the crap that they get oh my right gosh. like and they say it's just terrible like death threats and threats to their dog right and like and it's, you know, like no one would do that if they only had 12 viewers, right? But when you have, you know, 70,000 or yeah. whatever they have, 100,000 viewers, like some percentage of them are just there to tear you down, yeah. you know, whatever way they can. So it's like, how much is too much? And and what's the, I, I'll tell you, like somebody that I really admire. And I think like, I kind of, it's like, man, I kind of wish I had done it this way is uh, Dyson from Dyson logos, right? So Dyson is a cartographer. Yeah. The, 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 the questionable look is, is, is. Part of the point, right? (laughs) So... He has done maps for many, many D&D books.
1: Oh, oh uh, he is a, He's
0: a very popular... Uh, so you, I don't think he did Dungeon of the Mad Mage, but many of the Dungeon of the Mad Mage maps are similar to his style. They're black and white. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, uh, ink-drawn, yeah. ink-drawn black and white maps. And he's done them for... He did all the ones for Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Oh, yeah, I've before. seen those maps. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of different ones. Yeah. He also runs a website where he gives his maps away. He has, I think, a 1,000 maps that he gives away for free. You can literally hit a website and pull down all thousand maps if you wanted to.
1: Have you, have you, you've talked about it before?
0: Yes, I talked about why, it all the time. That's why yeah, I know it,
1: yeah, yep. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So like um, Kobold Press actually uses, he, not only does he make them available for free, he makes a good amount of them commercially usable. Wow. So he'll, he'll draw these beautiful maps that are really universal, really easy to do. And they're black and white, so you like you could put them in a black and white product really easily. And like Cobalt Press uses them for kobold layers. Or for the warlock layers right yeah. they do they have a, a monthly magazine that they do called warlock and they do these warlock layers and and cobalt press is using his maps because it's like why you know we don't have to pay 350 for the map we can use his for free yeah right? and he yeah. gives them away so he's a real hero and i really consider him like a hero in this industry for the amount of stuff that he gives away he runs a very successful patreon and everything else no one knows what he looks like wow right you cannot find a picture of him wow and, you know or if you've ever have you didn't know it was him he's 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 you know He's like the Daft Punk of D&D, right? Like nobody, and I think about that, and and he's very, care- like, no one knows what his name is. You know, we yeah. have, you, you know, if you did a little bit of work, you could figure out where in the world he lives. Sure, yeah. And, but, you know, we're pretty sure it's a guy, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> true, know, I think that's that, fair. I think that's that. That's a fair but point, But like,
0: yeah. no one knows who he is. And it's, it's nice because he's like, he doesn't have to worry about you know, the popularity getting too much, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, I got my big mug on every YouTube video I've ever done. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's a real, you know, it's a real question of like when, when, what's that, what's that right balance? And there's always part of me. It's like, you know, I'm gonna stop this YouTube nonsense, and I'm just gonna sit and write again, and nobody will care who I am. Yep. Yep. And that'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know. Here I am. So you got a good
1: fallback, you know? That's I it. guess. but yeah, like yeah right you know i don't know yeah yeah you're right there is this weird i totally agree with that ego thing as well there is i mean there's this need for immortality not need yeah right it's a strong sure. desire strong living, desire. Living beyond ourselves right yeah. sure even if it's just a picture of us you know like mm-hmm. if it's a stupid little thumbnail a meme of us exists beyond an time. nft yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that's all we want yeah <laughs> I just want somebody to pay $20 for
0: the rights to my picture. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Has anybody ever recognized you
0: out and about? Only at conventions. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been at conventions, and I had my one convention that was one of my favorites. and Yeah, where I was at a convention, and my wife and I went to a nearby restaurant, and a guy was sitting there working on his game, and he had a—this is back in the 4th edition days— and he had a 4E cheat sheet that I had designed. Oh my gosh. And I and I went over and like, you know, this is like, you know, and I went over and I said, can I, you know, and he was like, looking at me, he's like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> can I just look at that sheet for a second? He's like, you know, who the hell are you? And I just, I just showed it to my wife and my wife was like, oh God, <laughs> right? And I was like, I, I just, you know, I had to show her. I designed that sheet. And He's like, Oh! You're like, you're
1: so flourish, <laughs> it's, a, it's so good to meet you. <laughs> right. It was Mr. really Mr. Flourish. I okay, can't <laughs> exactly right. You know,
0: and and so there was a bit of that. But I was like, that was kind of the first time where I like saw my stuff in the public. And that's then yeah, cool. I've been at like Gen Cons and stuff like that, and people yell. But you know, so far no one has recognized me beyond that. So. Yeah. And there's again. Or if there's they have, a... they haven't said anything. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and that is kind of like, man, I don't, I think thinking about the number that it is, I, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you can define, if you figure out the number, let me know that, that equation, that'd be awesome. But, uh, how many ta- is too many? Yeah. Or at least how many is the, the tipping point where yeah. you start to get, I don't know.
0: There's probably, I've, I've thought about like how you would try to figure that out and it would be like, look at look at like numbers of followers and stuff like that and look at whether or not they're starting to have trouble with that
1: do an algorithm of certain might words be, yeah, used in I would, comments
0: I would, yeah right i would probably say like it's the the 30 to fifty thousand follower mark on youtube is probably pretty close yeah you know maybe i don't know it might be it might you might have to cross a hundred thousand i don't i don't really know but
1: yeah. there's also a weird thing that happens in the human brain i think where we have a difficult time separating people from their work um, yeah yeah, like right. look at jk rowling you know like yep. the stuff she said is is <laughs> is pretty awful right but like harry potter is amazing right. it's yeah. it's amazing and it's i think it's hard for us and like it happens with every pe- like dr seuss you know like there's all these yeah it, when you find out that to me i think is the line like when it stops being because... Well, I don't know. No, I take it back. Now, I'm going back to what I say immediately. Because, like, at a certain point, you do support somebody. You might support some somebody because of what they make and what they create. Mm-hmm. But also, I think that very easily crosses over. You just support somebody because of who they are, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm a huge Brennan Lee Mulligan fan. Like, huge mm-hmm. Brennan Lee Mulligan yeah. fan. And just yeah, because yeah. of who he is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like... My, I have, I have a list of people that like, I want to interview, like,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's, you know, top. Mm-hmm. But like, if it came out, you know, that he was a horrible person and kicked puppies, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I like, I would still appreciate the work that he did. Even yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah and it's, it's this hard. is something I struggle well, you know
0: I, I I struggle with it every day right like you bring up Harry Potter is a good example my wife and I watch Harry Potter every every year yeah right? exactly and there's a couple of aspects which is okay there's J K Rowling and all the all the stuff that she spews out and and you're like i mean i yeah i could go on for a half hour but like why would you decide <laughs> you know do you really think like, let me ask a very simple mathematical question. I'm sorry to get political on the show, but it was, your, it was very, your topic, not mine. <laughs> why, let me ask a very simple question to you. Who is a greater threat to women, transgender women or men?
1: <laughs>
0: right? And why would you pick one of those over the other when it's like, 100,000 to one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's comedian. There's math. a comedian
1: bit that's like that. It's pretty yeah, bad.
0: it's just math. And yeah. like, she could have, you know, if she'd stuck, because she clearly cares very much about, uh, uh, you know, helping women with abuse.
1: Yeah. And true. like, that's, that's true.
0: Focus on that. Like, no one's gonna argue with you about <laughs> that. Right? Like, and it's a huge problem. And she gives that like, giant letter about you know, as a as a victim of abuse, and you're like, oh, were you abused by a transgender woman? Yeah. No, as a dude, right? <laughs> so like, stop. You know. Anyway, but the hard part is like, we love the movies, yeah. right? Now there's also things, and you know, like John Stewart recently, <laughs> recently had like a whole bigger buffle. You sure. know. About, I don't I don't know the goblins yeah so, you know hey the goblins are basically Jews mm. right and, and like you know these stere- which kind of gets into the whole stereotyping of of races that we see in D&D too Man. and the big changes that are going on there yeah and true. you know and one part it's like so there's there's the same with like Lovecraft right so like we know H.P. Lovecraft was you know a horrible bigot and a horrible oh, racist
1: true. yeah that's a good point but we
0: also know how much Lovecraftian lore has fallen into our into our our hobby but then there's also there are problematic aspects of lovecraftian lore even if you try to say like yeah we're ignoring lovecraft it's like it doesn't you know there's still a lot of xenophobia yes and there's still a lot of you know a, a lot of kind of Things going on in Lovecraft that we have to keep an eye on. Same way with like Harry Potter, right? Like, yeah, and Tolkien. Up you know, the, what's up with the goblins? Yeah. right. Or no, what's up with the elves? Elves. Right? Like, yeah. You know, the slave elves. Yeah. And it's seriously. like, seriously, how how come nobody's talking about like freaking? You know, Harry Potter's godfather has a
1: slave yeah like
0: what's going on with the, yeah exactly on with that, right? right a
1: character that is loved too like one <laughs> of the most beloved characters well no cre- creature is the not quite as loved right uh, Creature, yeah is. no no yes i mean sorry and like but god uh, harry potter's godfather though yeah, know, like, right, yeah right absolutely yeah. right
0: everyone like, it's like why you know he inherited a He's a slave, slave owner and, you know he's <laughs> yelling at him right and it's like oh my god yeah. so you know you, the hard part is like, can you love something and still accept the problematic aspects yeah. of it as long as you're, and I don't know the answer, right? Like no. I don't, you know, and no, nobody, I don't think, like there isn't a a board, right? There's not like a, you know, a, 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 you know, somebody's gonna come down and say, we have all decreed that yeah. this part of it is okay and this part is not. We're all making these choices all the time. Yes. And yeah. there's lots of stuff that I loved as a kid that I can't I can't stomach anymore.
1: Yeah, it's interesting right? like, how that I'm happens. Like,
0: I'm like, which James Bonds do I have to now eliminate from my view? Yeah. Because like, I can't watch Sean Connery as James Bond anymore. Yeah, it's tough. He's awful, it's right? And it's like Roger Moore, right? Yeah. It's incredible. It's like, it was funny when I was nine yep. Right. And now, now it's absolutely horrible. Yeah. And and it's like, Roger Moore, it's like, I probably is okay. Like, it's a little bit better, but not always, right? Yeah. So it's really hard. That's a, it's a big problem in fiction and, you know, and in our industry, right? There are, there are, there are uh, RPGs that I adore where the, you know, the person that made it wasn't great. Right. You know, did some really not great stuff and didn't no. handle it well. And I hate to, you know, I struggle with like do I recommend the book yeah, right yeah. you know do I bring it up because it's good you know yeah. and that part isn't lost and you know I don't think the guy was a you know a-hole all the time yeah right but clearly he let his ego get in the way and probably figure who I'm talking about and so I like, think, like you know yeah
1: I think also like it's I think that's one of the beauties and difficulties of being human is in therapy we call it like didactics uh, or dialectics not didactics dialectics and uh, cognitive dissonance these concepts mm-hmm. of like two things that don't go together like mm-hmm. uh i i don't know that's a stupid example the first thing came to was i love beer but i hate bread you know like i know that doesn't make sense <laughs> right but like those two things shouldn't fit within your mind but because we can do that as humans we can we can feel that way i can love harry potter and i can hate what jk rowling has said you know right right and it's i don't know i don't know i honestly i don't think there is a solution like i don't i don't think there is i think the solution is like you take the good and you leave the bad and like
0: yeah, and it's like it's not yeah, that I, simple, I, I, but
1: right. And we each,
0: right we each, and I'll probably keep learning right. But I keep thinking like, well, as long as I'm not ignoring what's going on, yeah, and pretending it doesn't exist yeah. or not willing like so I'm not willing to go there. Yeah, I like this thing so much that I'm not willing to go there. Instead of just like you know, and I I talk about it all the time like eyes open, mouth shut, right? Like yeah. let's learn from each other. And and there's a lot of people bringing a lot of experiences into our hobbies, right? D and D particularly, like there's a lot of different people. With different backgrounds and different views and different ideals and 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 different ways of life that are coming in the game why would i not try to learn from them
1: unfortunately we started no. youtube channels so our mouths are never shut that's the unfortunate
0: that's that's the other <laughs> point right so well it's like i'll just keep arguing about you know the monster dam the amount of damage that high sea CO monsters <laughs> could be doing right like there's there's aspects where i feel like i've got a little bit more of a ground to stand on
1: yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah i Hello. speaking of monsters this is a good this yeah. is a good segue i'm running <laughs> i'm running my first beholder yeah i'm really Ooh. nervous yeah really nervous They're tricky they're tricky monsters I've to got, run i've got mine right here yeah um, um, yeah i don't
0: have any beholder minis handy i got and... a dracolich within arm's reach but no beholder oh really i got i got like five or six beholders over there <laughs> um I'm nervous. Yes, I want because I want it to be should I be.
1: want it to be memorable. <laughs> I want it yes. to be memorable. What level of the characters? Uh I just got them to I was just like I was really grateful for I, eleven. Eleven. Okay, so they're pretty beefy. Yeah. Um I need to tax I need and I told them before, I was like, I'm gonna tax you guys beforehand because I don't want you to have all your resources going yeah. to the holder so i speak
0: sly flourish told me this sure you can blame me for all of this uh (laughs) a big one is so i'll I'll give you one big tip which is give the beholder bodyguards that have blindsight whoa right and the reason why is that the (gasps) number one thing that completely eliminates a beholder is darkness a second level spell can take out a beholder with one casting make sure your players don't know this oh my
1: gosh right well they'll they'll watch watch this and now it's too late yeah so
0: the problem is that a beholder has to see its targets for every one of its eye rays interesting and if it cannot see its target then uh it 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 doesn't do anything oh, yeah. now the anti-magic cone can destroy anything that like it'll get rid of darkness. it doesn't destroy darkness yeah. it just it suppresses it while the eye but while that central eye is open um it uh, while the central eye is open, it can't use its eye rays on anything,
1: mm, mm-hmm. right?
0: The eye ray, the eye rays are are, are dis- disturbed by its central eye. Mm. Uh, so the nice oh, thing is, yeah. if, if somebody casts darkness on the beholder, and the beholder has bodyguards with blindsight, they can go beat the crap out of whoever's in the darkness because they have advantage on all their attacks oh. because they can see in darkness. Yeah. So like you know, hook horrors are good. Uh, helmed horrors aren't bad. Of course, you can make up creatures that have blindsight, but mm. you know. There's a lot of different creatures that have blindsight that are particularly, and, 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 you know, it's not cheating because beholders are smart, right? They know what bodyguards they need.
1: Well, I've actually, I've actually put it in my game that nobody has ever like, they're actually going to fight the Xanathar. I know that's not what it should be, but. uh,
0: Yeah. They should never walk out of that one. I know.
1: I know. But I, I think it'd be fun. Like, I think it's cool because I, the Xanathar sent like an assassin to, Sure. Kill him, and so they have a vendetta against it. And... Sure. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool. Uh, and it's in, that's a awesome thing now because they've never seen the Xanathar, but they are well. Around. The
0: Xanathar would be loaded with magic items too. Oh, yeah. So one thing is like there's a you know a lot of rings and ion stones and things like that that a beholder might be using mm-hmm. that can really upset a group. I mean the the hard part with the Xanathar is like the Xanathar is not quite at a god level, but you're like. That beholder shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't. Like, like the the, the black staff should worry about facing the Xanathar, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a group of twentieth level people should not necessarily have an easy time. No, you know, no, you no. you would have to like disassemble his entire organization yeah. Yeah. to get to the point where you could be a threat to him.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. And to be it's, fair, they did. They made a. I run a really loose game, if you can't tell. Yeah. So, <laughs> but they did make the coolest thing they did last session was they. Polymorphed a a kraken into a goldfish, which was yeah. funny. They made it a goldfish because I don't think they know. Yeah, like Silgar, right? They don't They're know like, about that. They should
0: replace Silgar with the kraken. And then well, they actually, turn off the polymorph, and yeah. the next, you know <laughs> that would be a way to disrupt the xanathars
1: It's what happened. Well, you know, in Skull- Silgar, what have you done? <laughs> in Skullport, they actually let the, the the kraken out, kraken loose, and so that, yeah. that's just true. Um. By the way, we have reached our hour mark. I know you said you had an hour. Do you want to wrap up? Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. five five or ten minutes. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, that's good because uh, I, end, I end everything with a game, um, and you can choose what game you want to play. Mm. We can do um, – we can either make up a game. We can come up with a game ourselves, or uh, we can play D&D. So mm. the choice is yours. Oh, I, I got to go with D and D there, Bob. Got to go with D and D. That's what Greg chose too. Greg Tito chose that too. So sure. Yeah. What, what are we doing here? Yeah. I, I... <laughs> what are we talking about? What kind of question is that? I know, I know, but I got to ask some of us. Not everybody chooses it, but yeah. Um, that's good because uh, we'll just pick up from where Greg Tito last left off. Sure. So uh, so let's see, where did we leave off? Yeah, so what had happened was... Kaki chips just in a quick little 60-second blurb, um, was in a tavern, found a guy that is, like, wearing a black cloak and has, like, a red eye um, that kind of glows. And he says that some of the creatures in the forest ha- appear to be cursed, like some of the owlbears there. They have kind of a sort of, like, black and reddish aura that sort of goes about them. And... He decided to help them, so uh, we now and we find ourselves traveling through a thick forest of surrounding a town that you've just left. This town appears to have lumber as its main sort of like commodity. It it relies heavily on the forest and works within that. And um, so we're traveling. We find ourselves traveling through uh, this forest and this this cloaked individual that you're traveling with is named uh, Mobius and Mobius and you are walking uh, it's 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 growing a little bit dark Mobius says i find that the creatures that are the most cursed come out at nighttime and as you're traveling you hear something off to the side of you and as you look over you do see what appears to be an owl bear standing there uh, <laughs> just kind of chomping away at some of the foliage on the ground Hmm. does it have that reddish glow um yeah as you look it doesn't it looks to be like something appears off about it it has uh, it's missing actually one of its paws it doesn't have a reddish glow to it though it's uh, missing Mo- a paw yeah Mobius looks and he just says like I don't think that's one of the cursed owlbears so i'm i'm i have
0: uh, a lot of experience my uncle taught me uh lots of tricks to live in the woods and lots of things and i'm going to kind of close my eyes and call back to those times when mm. he reminded me he said if you're ever if you're ever in the woods and you see an owl bear, you know here's the kind of sound you want to make that doesn't piss it off just make, it kind of embarrasses the owlbear and it makes the owlbear just kind of ashamed to be in the situation mm. and, and gets them to sort of leave, mm. right? So you don't have to worry about the owlbear. It's this yeah. kind of weird, hooling mewling sound and rolling onto your back, right? And it's just kind of, you know, the owlbear's just Ugh, like, I don't <laughs> like, I don't wanna deal with that, right? So I'm gonna attempt that. I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, say Mobius, like, wait here a moment, just, Stay quiet, right? And I'm gonna go out and, oh, I oh, <laughs> kind of roll over onto my back and kind of roll in the dirt and get some of my face. And oh, just you know this kind of weird, pathetic form, mm. yeah. you know, and looking at the owl bear right? yeah. to try to to try to to shame it to 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 just wander off peacefully.
1: Very nice. You brought Poncho in with that noise. yeah so as you as you do that thinking back to your uncle's teachings and everything uh you do that and the owlbear you see it as it perks up you see as it looks at you really quick you just get a glimpse of it as one of you see one of its eyes also has a red streak in it as well and then it hobbles away with that missing paw Huh. well yeah as soon as i see that eye i kind of go like
0: huh and i kind of lose track of my 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 little pantomime and i stop and i kind of turn to mobius and i'm
1: like did you see its eye i don't uh i don't see quite as well in the dark as i used to what what was what was wrong with it it looked an awful lot like yours you see he kind of sighs and he draws back his hood, and you now see that that eye that glows actually spreads down his face. There's red streaks that kind of go all down and down the neck and go down to his chest. And he says, "It started about a year ago. Uh, it was just a logger. And I don't know what happened." But it started in my eye, and it's been spreading ever since. And I find more and more my vision becoming clouded. My dreams are haunted. And I don't know what to do. And everyone's too afraid of me or of the forest to help. And I was hoping, hoping we could find some answers here.
0: I will, I will put my hand on his shoulder and nod my head and say, let's, let's find out. Let's find out together. We're gonna, we're gonna cure this problem together. Now in the back of my mind, though, I was like really close to just like nodding and then turning and running, <laughs> <right? Just laughs> darting into the woods.
1: Stabbing him in the heart.
0: <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I managed to keep myself and realize that's not the right thing to do <laughs> and help him find his, we're gonna find this curse together and end it.
1: Perfect, that's where i will end today's session. Awesome! <laughs> See, one-on-one D and D. Right? That's great. It's great. Didn't have to roll a die. I died. I mean, have a
0: character sheet. <laughs> I don't know if I
1: should do dice, like, it's because it's, it's not technically D and D. We're not playing D and D. Sure, or, we as, are. Yeah.
0: No, I take that back. I think I I, I will laugh because I have this conversation with my wife. I'll I'll I will we'll be talking about a game, and then I'll bring up something about her character. And she'll say something, and then I'll kind of say like, "Well, th- what if this happens?" You know, and then I'll slowly just work it into like an in-game conversation, mm. and I'll be like, "You know what? We did this there." And she's like, "No, what?" And I'm like, "We just played DD. She's like, "No, we didn't." I'm like, "Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> like that was D and <laughs> yeah. Things happened. The story
1: progressed." That's the thing, though. That's the beautiful thing. Like, we do this all the time. We speak in hypotheticals. Like we yeah. have, we're like, sure. it, and it happens in like homework. you're like, "Oh, what if somebody like came in right now and they were just like." Like, oh, I hate this. And then you throw your mu- coffee mug on the ground. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And then what if, like, the right. shards went everywhere? Sure. And then we found yeah. one of them. And it's, that's D&D. We, are, that's we are
0: playing imagination all the time. Yeah. Anyway, every time we we pontificate the future, we're playing with the imaginations. We might as well do it with dragons and cursed owlbears. Why not? Why not? Exactly.
1: Poncho, <laughs> you are the most weirdest dog i have (laughs) uh mike it's been such a pleasure talking to you it's been a a pleasure talking to you is there anything is there anything you want to plug or anything you want to say for the five people watching to that they can find you
0: (laughs) i don't think so you know check out sliflerish.com do it everything is there all the links are there
1: i I honestly like
0: got a weekly newsletter you can subscribe to that that's a great way to kind of get new stuff and the videos on youtube is probably another great way to see what's going on
1: the the selfish reason i'm interviewing you is because i'm hoping that my friends my friends have to watch my channel because you know it's mine and uh, <laughs> i'm hoping they'll realize like oh yeah i dming is 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 easy i can i can do it if i just have a system and then i won't have to dm as much <laughs> <laughs> good plan uh well thank you mike it's been awesome yep. i'm gonna stop recording been, been, now been a great pleasure